0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Ears Up In-Depth, where my lovely co-host Jeremy and I run through current Disney headlines to give you the scoop. We go in-depth into the
1: story. Jeremy, are you here, my friend? I am here, and I, I like the adjective lovely to describe me,
0: <laughs> if I am. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I got your email. And I wanted to apply some of the changes that you had mentioned, and one was describing you as lovely.
1: That's right. I'm glad you took those notes on board. (laughs) On board. Um, That's some good uh, corporate speak, man. Yeah, well, you know, this is
0: what I do all day. (laughs) You took those on board, and it was great. We have a couple (laughs) good stories for you. Actually, we have four good stories for you. Uh, But, Jeremy, you recently came back from a trip to Disneyland Paris, I believe is how the
1: Parisians say yeah, I got back yesterday. I'm all woo. Yeah. It was great. Um, did some. Running- I went to run the Disneyland Paris Magic Run weekend. I did the 10k and the half marathon. My gosh, which was nice. They don't have a 5k, or you just didn't do it. They have a 5k. I yeah. didn't do it.
0: <laughs> Why not? I <laughs> that thought other you were three like miles
1: a th- just puts me over the top. <laughs> I thought you were like a three race jock. No, two race jacks, sometimes three. Hmm. But, uh, you no, know, you know what it was? Um, I, was I, had to, I was in Europe for work, and I, ha- I couldn't make it in time to get there for that first yeah. race because I have to do a job. <laughs> uh, but I did make okay. it for the other two, and it's nice. Um, they put yeah. on a good race. You know what's great about the 5K, though I did not run it, is it's the only run Disney race now left that is at night Oh. because Disney's gotten rid of all their night races in the states.
0: Man, I never thought I would say it, but I, I'm waiting for them to bring Run Disney back to Disneyland. Taryn and I had a great time running with all our friends and family and you, and yeah. uh, it was it was a blast. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I would definitely do it again. But um, you know, I could go to Disney World and do it. But I'm I, when we were at Disney World, I was already so tired from just existing in the Florida heat that I don't think I could run.
1: Well, don't tease me, because I, <laughs> I want you guys to come to Disney World, uh, and I would I think it would be great if you came to do a race. The good thing is, is it's hot, but you do it at 5 a.m. Sure. So it's, not, it's not really that warm. No, it's not And it's always that in bad. January, February. It's not that hot there, then. Yeah, that's true. So no, we're
0: going for Terrence 40th, which is in, like, four years. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, I've got that so. on my calendar. <laughs> my you flights know. are booked. Oh, well, okay, good. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, welcome back, Jeremy. Thank you. It's good to be here. In honor of your uh, cultural return to uh, America, would you like to start us off with your first story?
1: Well, speaking of Walt Disney World, entertainment cuts are coming to Walt Disney Resort. Uh-oh. Walt Disney World Resort. Sorry, I know if I don't say the whole thing, you get a little irritated. No, it's fine. Just don't call it Disney. That's all. You can, <laughs>
0: you can call any sort of acronym or any conglomeration of words, but just not don't leave it at Disney. I don't
1: like that. I'm kind of annoyed that I didn't purposely call it, you know, cuts coming to Disney. (laughs) Got to remember to needle you more. Yeah, please do. I need that in my life. Well, there's entertainment cuts coming to Walt Disney World. And, of course, Diz Twitter is not pleased.
0: Oh, well, heaven forbid we interrupt Diz Twitter's (laughs)
1: lifestyle. They're a feisty bunch. Yeah. So um, cutbacks to beloved live entertainment have been announced at the Central Florida Resort. At Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is now, I'll have you know, Mm -hmm. the third most visited theme park in the United States and the second most visited in Florida.
0: Wow. Can you imagine? How the mighty have risen. Yes. Who did they take down? I think Epcot. Probably. I mean, when we were there, there was nothing. To, we left at 2 o'clock. We're like, I don't want to do anything. Dinosaur Ride was down, which Taryn reminded me that we tried to go on Dinosaur, but it was down. And I'm like, oh, just like Indy. Okay, that's cool. Because <laughs> they're the same thing. <laughs> um, and then we did you know, Everest. We tried to go on Everest twice, but it was such a long line. We're like, I I don't know, man. Let's find something else to do. So it was a well, weird park. You
1: know, but it's Pandora, right? That's where Pandora is. They've added Pandora. Yeah, okay. Uh, they've added the nighttime spectacular, uh, Rivers of Light, which I've done a segment on. So there's they've, they're they're extending the day there. I like Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom. Good, yeah, I, I definitely want to go back. I mean, that Tree of Life was pretty cool. Tree of Life is cool. Well, their uh, Afro pop act Burudika, which is Swahili for it to be refreshed. Ah. Uh, which is known outside of the Disney parks as Wasalu will end its ten, approximately 10-year ten run in Harambe Village at the park with a final show on October 13th, which is the final date of their current contract. Disney's not renewing them. Ooh, so That's a out- long time. It's a long time they've been there. Um, outcry in the Disney fan community was swift, prompting <laughs> the hashtag saveBurudika. But at this point, they have not been saved from the chopping block of Bob Chapek. Uh, or should I say the chaping block. The
0: chaping block.
1: <laughs> you know. Uh, I want to put that on a t-shirt. Chaping block? Take me to the yeah. chaping block? Yeah. Um, this is in addition to the already removed live performers that were part of the nightly Rivers of Light show that I just mentioned uh, earlier this year. So, um, you know, the thing is, they, they were so good. I've got their CD. I, I have it on on the station, Spectral Radio. Yeah, uh, There there was never a time when you would see them performing that you didn't see a group of kids in front of them smiling from ear to ear, and, and me, smiling from ear to ear, dancing along. It always had a, like, a there was always a following. There was always a crowd. And I just can't figure out. I mean this is this is the third most popular theme park now and they're getting rid of the live entertainment. It just it it confounds me, Jason. It's, and I don't like
0: I it. I mean it's probably because they've had such a long run, they're probably getting paid pretty well and they can probably just go find somebody to do a similar act for much less. That's what no, that's I that's me. the only cuz that's the only thing. I mean they did that in Disneyland as well um, with uh, What's the? I forget the 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 banjo guy that was like the longest running live musical act in the history of the United States of America or whatever. Um, I'm I'm a bad Disneyland. Oh, what the heck was that guy's name? It was in Frontierland. Um, hmm. Now I gotta I should find. Probably it. know this. Yeah, I, I mean they so did should it. Should They I. cleared
1: the decks with the Disneyland band. Right, and now it's all college kids,
0: right? Isn't that now it's all college kids? Well, I think that's probably why. I would I would wonder if they just
1: get paid like part time minimum wage now. It's a good point because you got to think if you've been at Disney for ten years, you've had to get annual pay increases, and so now they're probably thinking, "All right, well, let's get rid of them," which I hate (laughs) because that's still you know they're so. It seems to me that they're penny wise and pound foolish because. What's a little raise for, for Burudika every year, but they'll spend billions on Star Wars land, and it's right. a big bust as far as anyone can tell.
0: Well, yeah. It it, it almost seems like Disney likes to um, – I can't find it. I'm distracted now. Um, it's like Disney likes to sort of shortchange their actual people employees and dump a lot of money into IP because that's where the the return can be is in IP. Right. So they'll spend billions of dollars to acquire IP, but um, you know if someone wants five dollars more an hour, well, no, 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 we can't, we can't do that. And that's it's, it's a little annoying.
1: It, it's 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 more than a little annoying. <laughs> Over at Epcot, which is currently undergoing a multi-billion-dollar investment in overhaul and additions of IP, of course, two acts have seen their schedules reduced, so they haven't been cut. Mm. Um, But they are reduced. Japan's Taiko drummers and Future World's jammiters will see their schedules (laughs) reduced from seven-day performances to just five days a week running Thursday through Mondays. So do you know what the Jammeters are? (laughs) No, but it definitely sounds like a Knott's Berry Farm act. (laughs) Because of the jam. I've never been to Knott's Berry Farm, so I have no frame of reference for that comment.
0: Let's go. I've never been. Taryn refuses to go, but you and I should go. Why we should do a day so at Knott's famous? Berry Farm. I don't know. She doesn't like bears and blackberries. I guess I don't know. But <laughs> honestly,
1: we should go. You and I should just tear Let's Knott's Berry Farm up. All right. Well, do it. the janitors are like uh, this. They're janitors, you know. So they play. They do like a. It's like a drumming musical act on garbage cans and you know things that you can find around okay. uh, that a, that a janitor would have handy. Oh, the janitors. Well, they jam. So they're ah, the jam. Okay. I
0: just wanted to make sure that it wasn't that I wasn't mishearing it. Then, if they were the janitors with an N, then my jam iters at Knott's Berry Farm joke just wouldn't work. So I just want to make Uh-oh. sure that I was
1: hearing you properly for maximum yeah. funny. <laughs> Max the funny out here.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do.
1: Well, you know, they tried to do the jamstodians, but that didn't work. <laughs> um, Please tell me that's not a joke.
0: I really want that. No, it's real... not. It, I made it up. Okay. Now, literally.
1: <laughs> so they're going down from seven days a week to five days a week. So hmm. I feel uh, bad for them yeah. and for us. Uh, over at the Magic Kingdom, the Muppets present great moments in American history will cease performances on October 5th. This three-year-old show that runs for approximately 10 minutes in the park's Liberty Square and features hidden live performers operating the Muppets and synced to audio takes guests through a humorous Muppet account of milestones in American colonial history from their positions in the second-floor windows of the Heritage House. So, so long to the Muppets. Three years. Have you seen it? I have seen it. It's clever, you know it's one of the muppet it it, it has true muppet humor, so mm-hmm. you, you know there's a few chuckles in there it's cute, it's a nice little thing it always again it always had a little bit of a crowd, it's a nice touch, but you know they're taking away the human the human aspect of the parks when they remove these things
0: yeah, well, you know what i I forgot to mention, maybe I'm going to mention it on the next uh, year's up show is that they're they're they've implemented those um uh, automatic cameras at some of the meet and greet stations now in Disney World. Right, um, people are saying the same thing. It's just you know now you're not going to get the shot of my kid hugging Mickey because it, you know, it's going to wait till you're posed and ready, and it's those those smaller interactions that that are going away now.
1: Well, photography, no doubt, photography is an art. Sure, and you cannot replace artists <laughs> with machines, but. You can you tell that to the Disney senior leadership. They don't really get that. That's right. Um, also departing the Magic Kingdom will be the Royal Majesty Makers. These street performers, Sir Sterling, Bridget, Tobias, and Lady Llewellyn, interact with guests and often provide a royal education and proper royal etiquette to youngsters. So, um, hmm. eh, you know, I
0: feel like you can lose that. That's fine.
1: Well, they're cute but he's like, okay so have you seen the evil queen video you've got to see this right no. it's viral okay have you seen it no okay the the evil queens from snow white mm-hmm. the actress in disneyland has gone completely viral Uh-oh. and she's like she's, she's taking like antibiotics
0: a, or she, <laughs> <laughs> sorry
1: she antibiotics aren't going to work no, against a virus what are you nuts <laughs> um you're just going to ruin your immunity uh <laughs> But she's she's all, she's all over the place, and she's really sarcastic, and she's and people are loving this lady. They're they're retweeting her, they're Instagramming her. She's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now this is exactly what Disney is sweeping under the rug. She's the old you know old school the the original. She's from Snow White. She's hand drawn animation. They're sweeping all of this under the rug, and this is what's going. Viral, not anything from Star Wars, not the stormtroopers, <laughs> none of this sort other of crap. Right. It the Evil Queen hand drawn animation from Snow White because she's really good, and they probably you know imagine the investment that they have in her. It's nothing, but uh, it, but it's like so. I'm really into the airline industry. Okay, <laughs> all right, because uh, I, I travel a lot. So yeah, in when they when you talk about planes, people talk about the hard product and the soft product, and the hard product is how big the seats are, the food, you know, all that, and then the soft product is how well you get treated. And I just feel like Disney is all about the hard product of the parks, mm-hmm. and they're taking away this—you know—what a small investment. But she's what's going viral. She's what everybody's like drawn to. And sure, was- and
0: and if she ever went and go, hey, look, this is this is how much online content I've generated for you. Can I get a raise? They would say no because they don't care about it. They care about the bottom line, which is the hard part by having a public publicly traded company. And, and, a, and a company that has to answer to shareholders, they don't – shareholders don't understand that. They understand how much money did it make, how much debt do we have, and all the other
1: stuff that smart people know that I don't know. Well, all of those things are true, but it must be said that these cuts come after disappointing openings of Star Wars lands on both coasts. Despite some lines on the initial opening date, the wait times at Disney World's version have been surprisingly low in comparison to other rides. But that's not all. Mm. According to touringplans.com's uh, touring Testa, a private company that tracks wait times at the parks, guests surveyed by the company rank the Millennium Falcon ride below multiple other attractions in the park, including the Frozen sing-along, <laughs> Indiana Jones stunt show, and – Star Tours, which I personally called the Indiana Jones
0: stunt tour, is better than Smuggler's Run. I love that so. The Frozen sing along is better than Smuggler's Run. Although I will say there's probably different demographics for that. I would feel like uh, the Frozen sing I'm probably gonna get in trouble. The Frozen sing along is probably for a younger crowd that can't ride Smuggler's Run, but. That's neither here or there.
1: Um, well, that's know, a great uh, springboard into my next sentence because there is not – according to the survey's data, there is not one age group surveyed that ranks the Millennium Falcon ride in its top five attractions at Disney World. No. No. Uh, 100%. I agree with that all the way. Actually, sorry. In its top five attractions at Disney's Hollywood Studios, which I don't even think has five attractions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, because don't you? Have, well, because the the Aerosmith ride's changing now, right? So it's sort of gone,
1: isn't it's, it? Yes, but it's still a thrill ride. You've got the Tower of Terror. I still like there. that
0: that Aerosmith ride. I hate Aerosmith, but um, that ride was awesome. I had a great time on that ride. And then, yeah, the Tower of Terror. What else is there? I mean, the Great Movie Ride's gone, which
1: is good. Star Tours, which is cool. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. And that's the thing. There's five or six attractions. They all rank better than this new billion. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so. It's like maybe you guys should spend your money a little differently. You could have saved a little bit and just you know get this evil queen training some other people. That's right. Uh, Taryn's
0: boss actually just came back from Disneyland. And, uh, you know, he hadn't been in 20 years and he was taking his daughter and whatever. And uh, he was asking for advice on where to go and what to do. And, of course, Taryn was like, well, this is – we were actually talking about how hard it is when someone who hasn't been for so long goes, what do I do? You almost have to interview them. You almost have to go, okay, well, what are you into? What kind of meals do you want to like? Do you want to go for like the high dollar? Uh, Do you want to go for, you know, whatever, right? So anyway, he comes back and she's like, oh, so did you go to like Star Wars land or whatever? He goes, no, we didn't make it over there. We didn't have time. First of all, (laughs) what do you mean you didn't have time? We were there for two days. Second of all, apparently they (laughs) they had lunch at Critter Country, which is right, (laughs) right there. They couldn't be bothered is the is more of the point. They couldn't be bothered to go just walk a mere hundred yards or whatever the math is to get into Star Wars, the brand new extra hype land. Um, right. They would rather hang out in Critter Country, which I think is very telling for that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know, I will just say one other thing. This is all while prices continue to climb in the last decade of the price for a one-day one park it ticket has jumped from $79 to $159 on the most popular days. So, we're getting the axe. They're investing in the hard, they're investing in this Star Wars and where they're taking away all this magical live entertainment. So, that's that's what's happening. That's too bad. That's yeah. too bad, man. Performers and and
0: and uh actors and, and entertainers Getting the axe at such a giant company and such a place that's ripe for opportunities like uh, that—it's uh—it's just—it's too bad. All right. Well, over to you. That's my first story. Well, Jeremy, you had mentioned Diz Twitter, and so I do want to talk about Twitter uh, for just a little bit. If you like to argue on the internet with people that you don't know, there's really only one place to go, and that's Twitter. Yes, Twitter, where everyone is an expert and will make sure that the conversation is not over unless they say it is. Twitter, where your only hope of sanity is to block everyone who even attempts to defeat your argument regardless of blame. Twitter, sure, there are some good aspects to it, funny people, good videos, but on the whole, it's a pit. Which is why Bob Iger's statement recently that the Disney company had sidestepped the deal to potentially purchase Twitter way back in 2017, but eventually declined due to the amount of negativity on the platform, shocked nobody. In fact, it was even weird to me that he was thinking about purchasing Twitter, considering anybody on Twitter already knows how Twitter people are. Imagine a family company having to deal with the amazing depth of insanity that is the internet magnified by Twitter. Twitter's a weird place, right? You know that. Have you ever blocked anyone? Um, I think maybe early on in my Twitter game, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I sort of just realized that eventually that it it doesn't matter what this person thinks. You just ignore it, and then they go away. It's like a a bully. If you just ignore them, they go
1: away eventually. So you just stop tweeting back, basically.
0: Yeah, you just end the conversation, like whatever, and then they go on and find something else to to figure out. Have you ever blocked anybody? No, I don't think so. I've unfollowed. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll do that all day long. I'm actually not yeah. even really on Twitter anymore because it's it, it's very much like this. It's very much like this. Yeah. Um, but in an interview with the New York Times, Iger said that he had second thoughts about the purchase because, quote, the nastiness is extraordinary. He says, we thought Twitter had a global reach, a pretty interesting user interface, and a compelling way that we might be able to present and sell the content our company makes to the consumer. Which is all true. I mean, it's a very good it's a very good platform for what it is. Um, but he was analyzing it as a way to push content out instead of having it be a social media platform, which I found very interesting and in, in kind of a way that uh, a, a big CEO
1: of a of a company works. That can you know how long ago? Work. How long ago in Twitter's existence were they were they looking at this? 2017. Ah, oh. so it's three years ago. <laughs> He found out in 2017 that Twitter's nasty.
0: <laughs> That's exactly my point. Yeah, he found out in <laughs> 2017 that Twitter was. But you know what? If you're, I feel like if you're operating at that high of a level um, in
1: a corporation, you're not on social media. You're not on Twitter. Well, certainly not under your real name. I mean, he, you might have a couple of <laughs> secret accounts. That's true. Even even I do. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Well, Instagram. I have, I have other accounts on Instagram. Yeah, okay, that's true. Different.
0: Um, But now, I, uh, Iger says, uh, he tells Times columnist Maureen Dowd that, quote, the troubles were greater than I wanted to take on, greater than I thought it was possible for us to take on. Iger said his experience as a Twitter user was that you, quote, turn and look at your notifications and you're immediately saying, why am I doing this? Why do I endure this pain? <laughs> <laughs> To me, it sounds like, and I, I'm, I guess I'm just picturing in my head that uh, Iger being Iger on Twitter, and instantly you sort of like open the floodgates of people going, "Why are not you doing this? I don't like that you took this thing away from the park. I don't like why. Why is it so expensive? You know, and just blah 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 because it's that direct pipeline.
1: Well, I think that did happen. Yeah, it sounds like it. Why because am I? Why do I endure this? On pain? Twitter? Oh, he did. He did about six months ago, and don't think I didn't tweet at it. <laughs> Why do I endure this pain? Now that I want to put
0: on a shirt. Why do I endure this pain? Bob Iger, as I'm standing in line to get in the park. Uh, Beyond the fragility of some of its users, Twitter is currently in the middle of a couple of high-profile lawsuits, something Disney does its best to avoid. I was just kind of thinking of, like, bullets that – they dodge because of this or, or, you know, why they would even want to be involved in something like this. Uh, California GOP representative Devin Nunez is suing the platform for $250 million due to the tweets of a parody account that exists purely to make fun of him. So this, uh, this GOP rep is suing because somebody is making fun of him. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's how that's how petty we're getting right now. Um right. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or AOC as she's known is being sued for blocking certain followers from even seeing her personal Twitter account. In 2017, Twitter sued the Trump administration, after it tried to compel the social media site to reveal the identity of an account that had been tweeting criticism of the president. And even back in 2015, Conan O'Brien was sued for supposedly stealing the jokes from a Twitter account of another comedian. And the list goes on. This is not the the uh, end-all, be-all list of lawsuits that are involving Twitter. For well, it,
1: not just that. Yeah. I mean – That those are all very political things, but wasn't Twitter in the in you know maybe five or six years ago? Wasn't it also a place that like terrorists used to sort of coordinate? Yes, you know, can you imagine Disney being the platform for for that? Exactly. I think I just saw an
0: article, um, about uh, some sort of terrorist that was in like a a domestic terrorist like a like an american terrorist or i think even a british terrorist i i clearly just read headlines and move on right, um, yeah. where he said he was recruited in 2011 on twitter right maybe that maybe i got the year wrong but he was recruited on twitter and so you're you're absolutely right and twitter has done a lot to kind of crack down on a lot of fake accounts and a lot of these kind of um, things but they do their best to 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 do free speech right to let people talk about it but what certain people don't understand is it's it's not free speech. It's what it's a private company. You can't force a private company to let people say whatever they want on their platform. You can't take over their business, and uh, so. But that's what I was thinking too. Like Disney doesn't want to be in the middle of a political lawsuits like this, or Conan O'Brien highlights, or you know, more importantly, terrorism. I mean, come on. <laughs> For Disney, wading into the ownership of a social media platform would be more distracting than helpful, I feel. I could not imagine the damage to the Disney brand that would happen from any one of these lawsuits I just mentioned. And it's more than those. Think of all the negative press Twitter gets in any given news cycle. That's damage enough for one company. Disney would crumble from the weight. I think. and it would, it, would, it would be a lot because people would, would skip, I think, uh, the word Twitter and they would go to Disney. And, and sure. the Disney family name would be synonymous with all of the online negativity. I mean, social media in general sort of degrades into negativity, which is why I sort of prefer Instagram. It's just photos and you can comment right. if you want. It's not people comment. Not, you don't get reply dudes, reply bros just telling you how wrong you are for no reason. They're searching hashtags just to argue with people. You don't get that on Instagram.
1: Right. I mean, you you're known to leave a comment.
0: I'll leave, I'll drop a comment. Insta, yeah, yeah. Sure. I like. Yeah, I'll
1: drop I've a comment. That. Yeah, one hundred
0: percent. But anyway, I I personally I think Iger dodged a bullet. I I would not have liked to see Disney purchase Twitter. It would it would number one have to change the entirety of the platform. It would have to change it fundamentally. And He people like a bullet.
1: That. He dodged a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> it, and, you, you, and if you didn't, you know, you don't see a bullet necessarily coming it's at true. you. But if you, you didn't, didn't see that mushroom cloud on the horizon,
0: yeah, he bunkered <laughs> he up, dude. The yeah, hundred percent. Anyway, what else do you got, Jeremy?
1: Jason, you like your meat, don't you? I'm a meat eater. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw you. Uh, you cooked that brisket. That's not right. too long ago. That's when you right. Posted it. Yeah, I made pastrami. Yes. Yeah. It looked pretty good. It, was, it, it came out all right, actually. I'll be yeah, it should have been on unri- rye, but otherwise I was uh, on board. Well, you are part of a dying breed, I hate to tell you. Uh oh. You are going extinct because vegan food is on the rise. Mm. Meat replacements like Beyond Me and the Impossible Whopper are on a rapid rise across the country. In <laughs> fact, Analysts predict that by 2040, 60% of the world's meat won't even come from animals. No, stop it. Come on. Well, that's true. Well, Disney is getting on the vegan bandwagon. Okay. Uh, Disney announced today, in fact. That's how that's how lightning fast in-depth reacts to the breaking news. That's true. That's what we're here for, man. So you're not hearing old stuff here. Um Disney announced today that plant-based food options will be added to every single dining location in their US theme parks. More than 400 vegan dishes will be available at quick service and table service restaurants by early October, with the parks at Disney World with the parks in Anaheim following in the spring. Combined, a total of 602 different food service locations across both coasts will wow. be offering plant-based options when the when the conversion is complete. And it's not just in the parks. Disney hotel restaurant locations are part of that number. Uh, and in order to easily identify these plant-based options, Disney will be assigning a green leaf logo next to those items on menus so they can be easily identified. In case you are ready to... uh Forfeit the brisket, (laughs) or Um,
0: uh, you know, I don't mind that. I I think that's cool. I mean, there you know, there are a lot of vegans out there, or even, I mean, we'll do you know, meatless dinners every now and then, like you know what I mean. Uh, But it's not something that I'm I'm super, uh, I don't know, regimented about or anything. I don't need meat and all the things, and uh, yeah, so it's fine. It's funny that you mentioned like the Beyond Burger or whatever. The Beyond Meat is you looking at like the the saturated fat and the the cholesterol of those well, i guess it's not really cholesterol but it's still saturated fat and some other stuff yeah. it's it's not any healthier than an actual hamburger it's just there's no meat, but there's still a bunch of oil and oh, heavily, heavily processed foods in there. That it's it's if you're eating it because you're trying to be healthier, it's not really healthier. But if you're eating it because you don't want to eat meat and that's why you're trying to be healthier, then yeah, I'll give you that. But it's so I guess what I'm saying is just look into that stuff.
1: Well, a lot and a, a lot of people. Those are true. And the uh, if you look at like that Beyond Burger, yeah. the ingredients on it is a mile long because of what it takes to make that imitate the characteristics of meat. Right. So there's so like like to your point, there's so many things in it. But if you are uh, ready to uh, give up the chuck, <laughs> and divest from the breast.
0: <laughs> uh oh. I have more. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> that was my pause.
1: I was letting you uh, get uh, it all oust out. The, oust the grouse or wave your hank at the flank. Let me wet your whistle with some of the options that will be available. The Turf Club Bar and Grill at Disney Saratoga Springs Resort will offer a carrot gnocchi, uh, which actually I think sounds fantastic. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad, honestly. I would, I would take that. While over at the Wave of Flavors at Disney's <laughs> Contemporary Resort. <laughs> what, did you write that name? I just I renamed the restaurant. I approve of it though. Guests can try cauliflower tacos, which I I well I guess I don't know what that means. And a plant-based cashew cheesecake from the California <laughs> Grill uh will be offered, which is also at the contemporary resort. No, cashew cheat no. No. No, I'm not doing that. Are you that. excited
0: for any of these? Um what was the, the second oh cauliflower tacos? I feel like that's pretty standard in the in the meatless, you know, realm. Okay. Um it's just a bunch of chopped up cauliflower like spiced like meat and right. put in a taco, which doesn't sound appet I don't know. I'm not turned off by it, it doesn't sound appetizing, but what did you say? I'm, it's cashew. Cashew, cashew I'm pushing it out of my brain. Cashew cheesecake, that doesn't sound good to me. you can't make that not nutty. I don't care what you say. I don't want it. Right. Thank you. Pass.
1: Okay, well, Disney is careful to note that these are not going to be called vegan options. They are using the term plant-based to describe the new options, but claim that all of the items are made without animal meat, dairy, eggs, or even honey. Yeah, I
0: never understood that. Vegans get really riled up over honey because it destroys the bee's environment or whatever, but – look we 've been harvesting honey for thousands of years as human beings we 're
1: I, I think we 're okay well, they make it anyway it 's not like we have these honeybee slaughterhouses
0: <laughs> well, because it like it ruins their honeycomb, like you carve up the honeycomb to get all the honey out, and it takes their food that 's I, I think i don 't know to be sure, but I think that 's the argument against it uh, vegans and and honey it 's you take the bees' food because the the honey they make is to feed their larvae. It's fine. We're
1: fine. I mean, it's it is fine. I th- I think that well, I'm not going to get into that. I, <laughs> I think honey's good. I also think it's nice steak is good. But I was at the uh, as you said I was at Disneyland Paris this weekend. I was at their Rendezvous Gourmand, which is their Food and Wine Festival that they had this uh, since July, and they had a vegan booth. And I walked past it because I, you know, I I don't need falafel. Yeah, I'm I'm not that excited about it.
0: I'm uninterested in it. That's all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nothing really looked good. But, you know, if there was a, if I was somewhere and I wanted carrot gnocchi, fine. So, um, <laughs> that's uh, that's my news. Vegan food or or sorry, plant based options. Plant-based and, you options. know there are people who are very serious about this. They yeah. want to be healthy. They want to do all these things, and uh, it is hard because I you know Disney's known for selling they sell something like one point eight million pounds of turkey legs a year and all Jeez. that. So you got to have another option. For them.
0: Yeah, I, you, you do, and uh, I, I get it. People do want to be healthier even though there's really no like data that proves that vegans are any healthier than meat eaters it's everything in um in in uh why am i and
1: what's the word i'm thinking of jeremy i don't know but there's low you know there's also other benefits there's low carbon emissions that are associated with it there's yeah but I, know, I f- all of that stuff but, too. but i f-
0: i feel like anybody who's vegan is not doing it for their car the carbon footprint they're trying to be healthier Because they think it's healthier. And and to a certain extent, it is. But um, everything in moderation is what I was trying to think of. Like, you can't just eat meat, meat, meat for three meals a day, and that's all. You have to have vegetables. You have to have a side. Then it's fine. I mean, and then if you're talking about the, the, the pain the animals go through, well, there are studies that are showing that plants go through pain when they're harvested. So, you know, what's to say that carrots, the scream that you hear when you pull a carrot out of the ground, (laughs) <laughs> uh, which they call it a scream and it admits it, it like yeah like an electric uh pulse um to it, it dude it's a look into look into like screaming vegetables it'll blow your mind man it'll blow your mind everything feels pain so i understand you want to be humane i think more people go vegan because it's either trendy or they want to try to be humane to animals and and both the things i i respect <laughs> wow.
1: Screaming vegetables. Uh, sometimes I feel like a screaming vegetable. Yeah, me too, man. All right. Well, that's my v, my plant-based story. All right. Well, uh,
0: here's my last one, Jeremy. Disney... Is a game changer. We all know that it's it's already sort of changing the theme park food game. Uh, and while I hate that term game changer, yeah. I think it's accurate. In whatever area of business they enter, the rules do not remain the same forever. From the pressure they put on Congress to change the copyright system, not what but tw- not once but twice, to protect the ownership of Mickey Mouse, to helping carve out very beneficial terms for their parks, nothing remains the same for long. Once that Disney magic is released into the currency stream. Well, the Disney company is at it again, but this time it's gunning to limit profit participation in the TV and film industry. For years now the way to really truly make money in Hollywood was to land a series, either as a producer or an actor, claw your way to syndication after a hundred episodes, and then you start raking in the cash off what's called the back end or your percentage of the profits from the licensing of the show, either through um like marketing or uh you know Syndication money, like if your show's shown in New York all the time, then you get money off of that. Is and this what they call residuals? Um, residuals are different. Residuals you get, I think, just because you were in the thing, because you're a union actor. And so every time your movie is shown or every time your TV is shown, uh, you get residuals based on appearing in it. But uh, parts of the back end you can get into like uh, your profit sharing at that point, Got it. basically, yeah. Okay. Um, it happens in the movie world uh, as well. Usually an actor will lower their fee in exchange for points on the back end, especially if they think it's going to be a big ol' hit. So, for example, John Travolta in his, the movie Battlefield Earth. Do you remember that stinker? The Scientology movie, essentially, is what it was?
1: <laughs> no, but I loved him in Look Who's Talking One, Two, Three, and Look Who's Talking Now. Oh, wow. The dogs
0: talk. Look who's still talking. Um <laughs> So John Travolta made $10 million on that movie, which is a, a deep cut from his normal salary of $20 million. His fee is $20 million, or at the time wow. it was. So he took ha- a half-pay cut, right, and did the film for $10 mil. He was supposed to get a $15 million bonus if the domestic gross receipts passed $55 million. So that's okay. So that's his points on the back end. So whatever percentage, that's his points. Right, Got it. And if it was to be a big hit, his back end would have been 50% of the gross. Wow, that's a lot. That's a ton. It made $21.4 million. <laughs> but he was set to really make a ton of money off of that. Uh, Jim Carrey in Man on the Moon. Okay. Um, Jim Carrey, this article saying uh, he's the actor to uh, get that first $20 million landmark figure for the cable guy. However, for 1999's Man on the Moon, he lowered his fee to $12 million for a percentage of gross points and lost when the box office was... So low. He took 12 million for that. The domestic total was 34.5. And I know that uh, what I've been reading about this is that a lot of times films will sort of manipulate how the receipts come in and what they're applied to, like for marketing purposes, um, to sort of lower the amount – lower the the pool of money that the actor can then take percentage points on. So a lot of times these people – uh, think that they 're getting good deals when they lower their prices to then get back end points on like receipts, but um, it doesn 't always work out that way. A lot of times films report that they 're not making
1: any money unless it's it 's
0: a super giant hit right
1: right Well, I would say he still made a pretty good deal he got twelve million for a movie that grows thirty four that 's a percentage that 's still pretty good it's still Where, pretty there's good not much to spread around everyone else
0: but he he cut his fee by eight million. Yeah. His last movie to this movie, which Cable Guy, I love. I love that movie so much. Um, Tom Hanks, Saving Private Ryan. Tom Hanks took forty million dollars from that movie. Wow. Yeah, and it made two hundred and sixteen point one million dollars. So he got uh, in his ride or in his contract twenty percent share of the gross receipts and earned forty million. So he took twenty million per picture and then uh, took in the back end twenty percent of the gross. Well, he's Tom Hanks. I mean, every t- everything he touches is magic. Basically, yeah, man. Here's another one. Uh, when should I read this? <laughs> Here's another one. Let's talk about TV for a second. Sam Simon, who was one of the creators and producers of The Simpsons, your favorite TV show. Oh. Uh. <laughs> this is how this is how lucrative if you get on a long run on a TV show. The Simpsons will be on for like 30 years, I think yeah. this year, right? Um if you get on a syndicated TV show for that for that many years, you're you're literally raking in The dollars. So um, this article saying after four seasons, Sam Simon had grown tired of the grind of a weekly television show. He had also begun frequently clashing with his co-executive producers. In 1993, when Sam Simon officially left The Simpsons, he negotiated a deal that would allow him to keep his back end points and his credit as executive producer for the rest of the show's run.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So four years in, he knew that the show was going. I and mean, I think The Simpsons really didn't even get good to the third season. So he understood what was happening. Okay. He also negotiated a percentage of a little-known thing called home video rights. So – Today, between points, executive producer credits, and home video rights, Sam Simon earns 20 to $30 million per year off of a show that he hasn't worked on since 1993. Oh, my God. That's how lucrative back-end points can be. So now we got that clear away. Now, there are different types of points. You got net points, gross points, 20 against 20. But all that's about to change if Disney has its way this summer. Disney has started to pass around new contracts to producers that would see profits shared sooner in exchange for greater control of licensing in the future. This clearly is a result of not only acquiring Hulu fully this year and all the content they're starting to generate, but looking forward with Disney Plus and all of the content they have to create over there. Sure, it's harder to see the rewards from a streaming TV show uh, that's on a platform with no commercials and a share of the subscription fees from its viewers, However, this new contract format is being applied across their film and broadcast television arms as well, so they want to take back points away from broadcast TV over on ABC. Wow. Apparently Netflix and Amazon have been doing this for a couple of years now, but Disney is the first so-called legacy broadcast company to require them for broadcast TV as well as streaming platforms. Disney's asking producers to accept contracts that would give them a share of profits starting in the second year of a TV series according to a Fox contract document. Producers will also be able, uh, excuse me, producers will also be eligible for a series of bonus payments based on a show's success and longevity. The trade-off there is of course that Disney would control all licensing of the series to local TV stations, cable networks, streaming services, and foreign broadcasters essentially buying out whatever share of profits are generated by those sources. Profit participants would see the value of their stakes grow each season. The show is renewed. They would also be eligible for pre-negotiated bonus payments for Emmy and Golden Globe nominations and a show's ranking in the Nielsen ratings. Uh, Compensation for revenue generated through music publishing, merchandising, TV and video downloads would all be paid from a bonus pool. Uh, uh, There's a, a, program's popularity thing that they're trying to do as well for Hulu and Disney Plus as a contrast Amazon rewards creators with profit sharing in the third season of a show based on a, an arbitrary value that the company sets for it so apparently what happens is when a, a show goes to like syndication a company has to make a good faith effort to determine the value of that series before selling it to either itself or for syndication or streaming or whatever and so what this does is essentially let Disney set the fair market value for that. Okay. So that in exchange for – in addition to taking away back-end points is just severely going to hamstring how much money uh, producers and, and, and actors can make on projects and the industry is in an uproar. There are people actively not signing contracts with Disney that they would normally have done because of this new deal and they're they're
1: trying to push it very hard well so that's almost what should happen right like i mean they're not signing contracts disney's got bandwidth that they need to yeah. fill um and these com- these uh these streaming services because everyone's get like you said everyone's getting into it now wouldn't this start a bidding war for top talent for talent like yeah i think so so, I they, think so. they could be able to say if you're if you're if you're powerful enough in the, you know and as an actor or a producer, couldn't you say, well, no, I'm gonna take this to NBC or oh, I'm gonna yeah. take this to Netflix or 100%. So I don't know. Yeah, it it's it seems like a very strong move for
0: Disney to do. And I don't know if it's gonna pay off, to be completely honest with you, because like you said, there are other platforms to go. However, if there is a lower revenue stream from creating a streaming uh, platform Um, you know we got uh, Comcast has their own right Xfinity right Disney Hulu Netflix Amazon Apple has one now NBC's working on one right now Um, HBO has their thing right if there's if there's lower revenue from doing these streams you want to maximize your profits the same thing we've been talking about uh, in your story about the live actors Wanna maximize your profit. So if you can right. cut corners here and there and sort of rip people off, but package it in the way of, oh, we're just redesigning the contracts because this new we've disrupted the cable T V service. I you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna go. I really don't know. Disney has Disney has the entertainment industry sort of in a stranglehold. I mean, they had five movies this year raking a billion dollars each. Yeah. Then they have the streaming platforms. They have all the Fox content. I mean, they have a ton of stuff. And I guess like Seinfeld people, the Seinfeld folks or the Friends folks had to like negotiate with Netflix to buy their content back, the rights to their content, because NBC's working on um, their own streaming platform. So that's why Friends laughter is leaving or whatever. Right. Um, so there's a lot of those kind of bidding wars happening, and that, when the dust is, is going to settle, I think the the creators aren't going to be paid as much because there's a greater need for them and you can take a show anywhere now i mean if you if you had a tv show to, to to produce you're not just relegated to basic cable or to cable it's all the streaming services every streaming service is having their own their own um content creation
1: Right. But if there's a greater need for them, wouldn't the wouldn't that higher demand give them mean that they can command a higher price? I don't know. That's a good question. But you look at the
0: content that's out there. I mean, there's a lot of shows like on Netflix. I'm noticing a lot of shows on Netflix that that have like writers and creators of the of the series as like the main actress. And they're not Uh. they're not very good. Like (laughs) these people aren't good actors. They're not supposed to be. Um, right. And and there's a lot of shows on Netflix, which is basically what I watch, that are, are not good, like Netflix originals that are not good. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think eventually it'll get to where you're saying, where there's going to be a, a more of a bidding war. But I think right now people are just trying to, what's the lowest amount of money we can pitch to these people so we can buy their product and put it on our content? So it's, hey, we have 7,500 you know titles or whatever it is, right? I think it's more more uh quantity right now is what people want because more people are cutting cable and they're relying on these services to keep to keep current with giving them new
1: new products you need to know that if you're gonna cut your cable that you're gonna have a lot of choices with the services that you're getting basically is what you're saying
0: yeah i mean when we were talking about the streaming a couple shows ago you were saying that you jump in and out of netflix i do and i think that's i think you're the reason this whole thing is happening it's your
1: fault Wow. It's nice to be the center of attention. <laughs> um, I did hear that Seinfeld is coming to Netflix. I think that's great. Yeah. But does that mean it's not going to be on, like, TBS anymore? I would imagine not. I don't because, know that, though. I would imagine not. Because Seinfeld is super syndicated. It's on TBS. It's on TNT. It's all you, – you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a rerun of Seinfeld <laughs> by, when you turn on your TV. So now I'm going to pay – to see it unless you know the only thing i can say is that they really do edit it it's cut down a lot and so maybe you get the full the full show but i don't really the problem you know what the problem with all of this is what's that i don't get it and any of it and i'm an idiot and like i don't understand how any of this stuff works so i'm just kind of like trying to figure my way through and guess like what well like Will it will it give them, you know, we're trying to decide, will it be that they'll get more money? Can they command a higher price? Is there too Are, uh, are the services getting diluted? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, we, there's
0: there's no way to know. I mean, we're not in that industry. So all we can do is is get third or fourth hand information from websites like celebritynetworth.com. dot <laughs> you com. Know oh shit! Sure. I mean? That's all we can do. Uh, apparently, uh, Jerry Seinfeld made a million dollars per episode and his co-host made 600 grand. I'll take it. I know, right? I mean, come on. Uh, Because I'm trying to look up like how much he's made on the back end. But um, uh, because he's making tons of tons of money on
1: Seinfeld. That's that's you never have to work in your entire life again money. Oh, no, he's he's doing very well. Thank you very much. I'm sure he's he's quite comfortable, but he does still work.
0: Uh, Contrary to popular belief, Julia, Jason, and Michael do not make significant amounts of money from Seinfeld syndication deals. In order to make money from syndication sales, one needs to have equity ownership percentage points on the show, which is back end. The supporting cast never received back end points on the show. They do get royalties from when the show airs. But these payments equate to hundreds of thousands per year at most, not millions as many assume. Shut! Oh, gee, God. By contrast, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld each earned two hundred and fifty million dollars in nineteen ninety eight alone from just syndication sales. So you're selling it into different networks. You get right. they get two hundred fifty mil each in one year. So, how much is the syndication sale? Like that's a giant contract. Even 10 years later, Larry and uh, Jerry were earning at least 50 million a year from syndication points. So, 2008, they're still getting 50 mil alone a year from Seinfeld God. syndication, doing literally nothing for doing that literally show,
1: literally nothing. Yeah, they're just living their best lives. Yeah. Is, so,
0: Seinfeld uh and Larry David each owned of the show's back end equity points. They were at the peak of the show's success when they renegotiated new deals. They were able to double their ownership stake to 15% each. That's why they made so much cash. When the show first sold in the syndication in 98, it generated $1.7 billion in revenue. Billion, with a B, in revenue. So
1: you're telling me that, that when Seinfeld was going into season six and their hot ticket. Julia Louis-Dreyfus didn't renegotiate her back end. She said, no, I'm good with whatever the residuals are. Well,
0: I, I would imagine that she probably tried and was pushed back. Remember, this is, this is, not, this is not the, the – uh, I don't want to say me too because I think it's sort of short changes. But it's not the women you know, equality in the workforce kind of environment that we have now where you can go in and demand this much money. I think that everybody was probably taking a back, a back seat. To Seinfeld. I mean, his name is on the show and they were probably happy to get what they could. I don't I don't
1: know. But if anyone not even just Julia, I just bring her up. But, I, yeah. you know, Michael, Michael Richards, Richards or whatever, yeah. any one of them, if they if any one of them walked the show's over, they had power to negotiate there.
0: They had power sure. to negotiate, but they were earning. I mean, they were earning 600 grand an episode. Where else are you going to earn that much money? I feel like they were sort of stuck, in my opinion, because how much would you, you know what I mean? If if I was paying you six hundred grand every appearance on Ears Up, and you go, well, I want you know your ad money, then I would go, no, are you going to walk away from that? You're not going to get that deal. There's no way that Julia Louis Dreyfus or Michael Richards or even Jason uh, Alexander, right?
1: Yeah, but I'm not the H- lynch They're not going to go and go. get that.
0: Yeah, but they're not going to go and get that money anywhere else. I bet in their next contract after Seinfeld was never going to be that much money. Right. So, I don't know, man. Um for example, again, Jerry Seinfeld has earned 800 million dollars off of Seinfeld between salary, DVD, merchandise and syndication deals. That dude has so much money. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, back end deals. That's th- it's the way to go. And doing research for the show, I stumbled upon some like filmmaking website, and uh, there were these uh, screenwriters. And this guy was like, "Hey, I'm being offered back end points for like a lower salary. Should I take it? What's going on?" And other people there who were working Hollywood writers like, "Don't like your first script. They're gonna try to shortchange you." And lure you in with points on the back end, but for writers, they don't get as much money on the back end, and those are the points that can kind of be fudged around and and made to disappear based on how they report the profits. Right. It's a it's a weird thing, man. It's a weird thing, and uh, I would love to be a part of it. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that's
1: yeah, all I got. Well, those are my two stories, man. I got one quick a quick one. I let's have to, go. I have to mention. Let's do it. Okay, because I was in Disneyland this Disneyland Paris the same night that this happened. Disneyland Paris tourist had quite the trip while visiting the park last week. An un- unidentified Swiss tourist allegedly went missing in Disneyland Paris after taking the hallucin- hallucinogenic drug LSD while at the park with his girlfriend on Friday night. Um, I promise you I did not sell it to them. Yeah. The man and his girlfriend, reportedly also a Swiss tourist, visited Disneyland Paris where the woman supplied the 32-year-old man with the illegal drugs. At some point after taking the smuggled-in narcotics, the man went missing. The girlfriend (laughs) alerted park authorities after the park closed, and the man was still not found. (laughs) 30 firefighters, 10 divers, and 80 Disneyland Paris employees were dispatched to help locate the man, French news outlet Le Express reports. Dogs and a military gendarmerie helicopter were also used. Around 12.30 a.m., the man was discovered on the bank of a body of water where he reportedly had fallen earlier. And the pair were taken to Chessie Police Station where they were <laughs> detained for illegal <laughs> narcotics use. I love it.
0: God, I love that story. Wow.
1: I had, I, you know, I, I, unbeknownst to me, I had no idea all of this was going on.
0: Can you imagine your – I've never done LSD before. I've never, I've never done acid at all in my life. No. It scares the bejesus out of me yes, um, because I have friends who did. And what the, the stuff that they told me, I was like, no, it's not, that's not for me. There's no, there's no way that no. is ever for me. But imagine being in a Disney park at nighttime after it's closed and you're tripping – like you're seeing walls breathe and you know, like stuff that's not even there. Yeah. That would be very scary ultimately. It so, is. Well, poor he guy. was tripping. He tripped and fell. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh-
0: <laughs> the banks of the water. I really want to talk. You know what? I want to talk to him because I want to know what he saw. I want to know why he was on the bank, what he fell trying to do. Because you know that some involved thing. He didn't just
1: stumble. He was probably deep in the throes of something. Yeah, he saw something. He I I guess, And here's the thing at Disneyland Paris, I don't think they're chlorinating that water. It's all green <laughs> everywhere. Well, yeah, it's bromine or whatever, isn't it? That's what they do at
0: Disneyland at least, and I'm sure they do it in every Disney park to keep it that same color. It's not chlorine, it's it's
1: like bromine,
0: I think is what it is.
1: Well, they're not using anything. It's just it's it's a, it's a algae muck that that grows. Really? If yeah, there's algae very, and stuff in it? Yes. Oh, yeah, it's bad. gross. I don't know. It's, I've never seen anything like it, that's except good in enough. a swamp.
0: <laughs>
1: They're taking uh. cues from Disney World. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, so that's my last little story there on uh, what happened in Disneyland Paris over the weekend.
0: I like it, Jeremy. It was a good little addition. Thank you. You're welcome. Glad you liked it. (laughs) I did. I very much so did. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for the show, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in to Ears Up In-Depth. And uh, if you're looking for something else to listen to and talk about with your friends, check out Ears Up Podcast, our normal show. And we also have, of course, the Supreme Resort. has its own feed. So you're going to have to leave this feed for a little bit. Find the Supreme Resort on iTunes and uh, wherever greater podcasts are learned about. And uh, the boys over there are doing a really good job, and uh, you should go support them. They're, they're good people. Jeremy's on that show, of course, as well. Um, spoiler alert, the uh, Sabres and Superpowers show is rumored to be coming back. I, I hear rumors of a, a, a meeting over the weekend between Anthony and his co-hosts, and they're, they've are uh, they written a comeback episode. So I'm a little excited about that. Uh, that was a good show. I had a good time to listening come. to that.
1: What do they say? The comeback's always bigger than the fallback? What is that? Isn't that like a cool saying? That I just <laughs> screwed up. <laughs> um,
0: it doesn't sound like a cool saying. I'm, I'm going to say no on that one. Oh. I don't know. I, I know I look it's that up. supposed to be yes and, but uh, I'm just going to say no, thank you. All right, Jeremy, thanks a lot. Man, I appreciate it. You did good. Yeah,
1: and everybody, you know, just one more thing. Go to SpectralRadio.us if you want to hear some great Disney music. There we go. That's absolutely 100% correct. And if you want to support the show, become
0: a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash ears up. We've been uh, getting a few new Patreon supporters, and I appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, as Patreon supporters, you get a couple days early access to this show um i'm not going to make it patreon only i've decided that we're not going to do that i still have the music playing and i i don't know i I need to remind myself to stop talking to shut up um but eventually what we're going to be doing is making this live on youtube maybe for patreon only i don't know if you want to see our faces we're going to do some stuff anyway i'm going to get out of here jeremy's going to get out of here and uh you're going to get out of here too whether you like it or not thanks a lot everybody